To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the government, New Zealand Steel collab on emissions. Now, the claim is it equates to taking 300,000 cars off the road. New Zealand Steel installed this electric arc furnace, so half the coal is replaced with electricity. The Minister for Climate Change, James Shaw, is with us. A very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Now, we had Robin Davies on from New Zealand Steel. First first funny thing was he was never going to do it if you didn't come along. Does that grind your gears? Well, uh, ultimately, the important thing here is that we've got this enormous uh, cut in uh, the emissions that we produce as a, as a country. It means that we uh, have a strategic asset of steel production here um, for decades to come, which... Given all the disruption under COVID, you know, can only be a good thing. And it means that we start recycling steel in New Zealand rather than shipping it offshore. So, frankly, I think it's a win all round. Yeah, but he didn't want to do it. Well, <laughs> I think he would rather cut the emissions from uh, from his operations than not. Um, but it was a it was a big investment that they couldn't justify in the near term. So, for us to come on board um, meant that it could happen, and that that's a good thing in my view. So, who would be next, Fonterra? Well, I can't get into any specific company, um, you know, but we do. We are looking for uh, other arrangements where we can cut New Zealand's emissions profile. So, you know, uh, that that is something that the vast majority of New Zealanders have said that they're worried about climate change and they want the government to do more. And so, uh, negotiations with other companies underway. Um, well, we've got this government investment and decarbonising industry fund that was set up a couple of years ago. Um, it's had 66 projects so far. Well, this is the 67th project uh, on the list. So, yes, we are talking to a lot of companies. But, but, but I'm talking big time. I mean, this was the biggest so far. Uh, are yes. projects of this size coming? Uh, I would hope so. I mean, well, What do you, you mean know, you hope so? Are there negotiations well, underway or is there nothing further to report? Well, what, what I'm saying is I can't reveal any commercial negotiations. Oh, no, 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 that's, no, no I don't want you to. All I'm saying is, are there commercial negotiations going on that will be revealed in time? Yes. Right. With Fonterra? <laughs> Mike, you can't just said me. that you didn't want me to you get into any specific... Uh, yeah. <laughs> they already had, here's the other irony, they already had arc furnaces as far back as the 60s, and they all got mothballed, so we're sort of buying stuff they already had. Well, the, the, those old uh, electric arc furnaces were, uh, I, I've heard from one technician who operated them that they were absolute dogs. They, they were inefficient, they were dirty, um, they didn't do the job, and that's why they were mothballed. These, these new, um, uh, the new arc, electric arc furnace will be state-of-the-art, um, and, you know, as you said, it will be the largest single decarbonisation project in the country's history, so that can only be a good thing. Just reassure us also, a lot of texts asking about the supply of electricity in this country. If you do more deals like this and electricity replaces coal, do we have the electricity to supply? Well, we will, and that's one of the really important things. This we will or we do? Deal. Well, we, we will, because this, this deal also includes a power purchasing agreement with Contact Energy. So they're going to invest a billion dollars in new electricity generation that will be 100% renewable, and that will supply everything that the Arc Furnace needs. When's that um, online? And, well, at the time that the Arc Furnace is online. 2027. You'd need to talk to Contact Energy about this. So you don't know that, that the, the... Well, what I'm saying is the Arc Furnace is on in 2027, and I know that development and power generation takes quite a long time, and 27 isn't that far away. Is it possible it's not online in 2027, and we're stretching the power grid? 
Contact Energy have said that they are going to be supplying that um, uh, the electric arc furnace from the moment that it switches on. Okay. That's part of the arrangement. What, in, what fact, in fact, Mike, uh, it also allows um, Contact Energy not to have to operate their fossil fuel um, peaking plants because of the nature of the agreement. So it's a you know, it, it has kind of benefits for other electricity users there as well. Good. What happened to the carbon market? Um, well, obviously, the you know, markets go up and markets go down. No, no, no. I mean, um, specifically, why, why have we suddenly gone off the carbon market and off planting trees and we're in, into funding these companies? Why do these people just offset their emissions? Well, you know, I think as we've canvassed a number of times on, on this show before, you can't just plant your way out of it. Um, and, uh, you know, whilst we do need to draw carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere using uh, using forests, it's actually better not to put the pollution into the atmosphere in the first place. OK. Does it? Do you find it ironic, as I did when I talked to Robin Davies from New Zealand Steel, that the very company he works for is doing the exact opposite to what he's doing here in Australia because they're looking at a blast furnace that's going to be burning coal for at least two decades? Well, it's an existing blast furnace that they're refurbishing, and obviously it would be better if they didn't. Um, but the issue there is that that plant is five times the size of the one that we've got here at Glenbrook, yeah. um, and they don't have a reliable supply of scrap steel that they can use um, for that, and they don't have enough uh, electricity in their, in their grid no. to supply an electric arc furnace. But, but, but so, don't you see the irony of this? You're, you're, you're making a, a, an imprint in New Zealand to try and save the planet. Meantime, a couple of hours flight away, they're doing the exact opposite. Hence, nothing changes. Well, I would I would say that what that shows is that we've got our policy settings right here in New Zealand and the Australians are playing catch-up. Correct, and they're playing catch-up for two decades. So how much money, time and energy do we want to put into something that the net achievement for the world is negative? Well, remember here, Mike, that um, it's not us that's putting money into this uh, in that sort of taxpayer sense. This is paid for by polluters themselves through revenues from the emissions trading scheme. So this is actually money that comes from polluters, which is helping to decarbonise other polluters, okay. and that can only be a good thing. So as to the carbon market, I think I talked to you about it last time, but I think I was right, wasn't I? I mean, if, if you put a carbon market up for auction and no one turns up to buy anything and all of those credits then go into the next auction, that undermines... A, demand of the market, and B, what the government are doing around climate, doesn't it? Well, it doesn't, I mean, no, it doesn't undermine demand um, because demand determines whether units get sold into the market and at what price. Mm. Uh, but there so was no demand. Reflection, that's right, it's a reflection of demand at the moment. Now, the Climate Change Commission tells us that there is a significant oversupply of units that are sloshing around from the last decade. Um, and their advice to us is that we need to, um, uh, you know, try and shrink that oversupply. Uh, and then you will see demand and prices respond. But if you can't get any money from the carbon auction, you can't take the money you don't have and put it into programs like you've announced over the weekend. Well, the money that um, is, you know, the $140 million that's going into the Glenbrook plant comes out of uh, the Government Investment and Decarbonising Industry Fund, which was um, comes out of Budget 22. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't know what you know next year's revenues uh, will be yet. Well, at the moment, from the auction, there's zero. Well, we've only had one auction this year. Yeah, and from um, that, you've got zero. Still, yeah, and, and, and there's still three to go. But like I said, that money is already accounted for. You know, the money that we're investing in, in Glenbrook is already accounted for because that came out of the previous year. Quick question on Onslow. Are you looking at compensation for the people of Roxburgh? Um, I'm, you'd have to ask the Minister of Energy and, and Resources about that because I'm, I'm not terribly close to that project. That's an energy portfolio project. Do you reckon Onslow's going to go ahead at $16 billion? 
Uh, look, I honestly couldn't say. Um, I my, my, I'm, have always said that I'll reserve my judgment on that project until the detailed business case is done. There is certainly a dry uh, winter problem that we do need to deal with, um, particularly as we move to re- decarbonising the economy and electrifying everything. Uh, and so, you know, that, that is a problem that needs to be fixed. If it doesn't get fixed by Onslow, it has to get fixed another way. Read an article a couple of weeks ago about final decisions to be made on agricultural emissions pricing before um, Parliament rises on August 31. Uh, you at the time said you didn't know whether any decision was going to be made. Is it? Well, we are, I, I, I do believe so. Um, we are still working through some of the details with the sector themselves, and we should be able to say something in the next few weeks. So you will have a policy in place to go into the election and the decision will be made? I should think so, yes. Fantastic. Appreciate your time very much. James Shaw, the um, leader of the Green Party, co-leader. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6 a.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.